You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. Today's podcast is entitled, Ye Must Be Born Again by Joe Kime and is part three of three. Very quickly, to one more chapter. Go to Philippians. I'm going to end with this. Go to Philippians chapter 3. As you're turning there, I just want us to know something. I want to specifically talk to the one that does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. The Bible says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. It goes on to say, David said this, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Paul goes on to say, as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understand us. There's none that seeks after God. We've all gone astray. We've gone our own way. We've become unprofitable. There's none that do as good, not even one. All of us are in the same boat. For all have sinned and come short of God's expectation, God's glory. Every one of us. A lot of times when I am trying to help us understand our sin, I will, I will put like uh, a book here and a book here and a valley in between. And let's say that three of us guys are on this book. And let's say it's a cliff, a huge cliff that drops off and goes a mile down into the canyon. But we want to get over on the other cliff. And so, so the first guy, he gets up and he starts running like crazy. And he leaps as hard as he can and he misses by two feet. He, he, didn't get, he didn't make it to the other cliff. He misses by two feet. The other two saw it happen, so the second guy, he goes back a little bit further. He runs a little bit harder. He jumps as hard as he can. He makes the leap, and he flies through the air, and he gets closer, but he misses by nine inches. He gets closer, but still misses. He goes to the same place that the first guy went. So the third guy saw it all. He stands back further. He runs harder. He jumps harder. And he jumps for all he's got, and he misses by one-fourth inch of reaching the other cliff. All three people went down to the same place. For all of us have come short. Some of us have gotten closer. But in the end, on our own, we've become, we've become short. We've come short of God's glory. We're all in the same boat. Job thought he was pretty good until God got, talking, got to talking to him about the 77 questions. And Job says, he put his mouth over his hand, and he says, I want to read this, actually. He put his, he put his hand over his mouth, and he says, uh, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth. I, on my own, cannot reach God's glory. Isaiah said, when he saw the glory of the Lord, matter of fact, he saw with his eyes the glory of the Lord and, and the glory 
And the holiness of the Lord was so big and so powerful that the doorposts begin to shake over the holiness of God. The very man that helped me see that was a preacher, an evangelist that traveled all over the country, spoke in hundreds of different churches. And just a year ago, he pointed a gun at himself and shot himself in the head. I was just reminded of how, of how frail we are, how much we need Jesus and the power of God. Isaiah said, then said, I woe is me for I am undone because I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then he goes on to say, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned to our own uh, ways. Paul says, for now I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Okay, are you in a flip, uh, Philippians chapter 3? I want to read this carefully, and then I want to make just a couple concluding thoughts here. So look at verse number 4. Uh, here's Paul. Now, we started out with a religious man. We're going to end with a religious man. I tell you, religion started in the Garden of Eden. The moment after they ate of the fruit, it began. And it didn't just happen with Adam and Eve. It went right to Cain and Abel. And it has been uh, the thing that we've got over. What is it? I forget now. Literally thousands of different religions in the world. But you can take all of this and boil it down to two groups. You have those that have been born again, and you have those that are not born again. Here's a religious man, the Apostle Paul. He starts out in verse 4. Though I might also have the confidence in the flesh, if any man thinks that he has whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Man, I trusted in my flesh. Then he goes into this long list of things that he did to please God. Circumcised the eighth day. I was of the stock of Israel. I was of the tribe of Benjamin. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. Uh, touching the law, I was a Pharisee. I went as high as anybody could get in the church. I was a Pharisee. Then he says in verse number six, concerning zeal. Boy, Paul had the zeal, right? Uh, Romans, what is it? 10 chapter, uh, Romans 1, 10, 1 says, Brethren, my heart's desire is that Israel might be saved. Uh, and he goes on to say they have a zeal for God. Religious, um, religious people oftentimes have more zeal than the real born-again children of God. That's, that's, that should shame us. It should. Here he says concerning zeal in verse 6, concerning zeal I persecuted the church. Touching the righteousness which is in the law, I was blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all the things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung. You know what dung is? 
It's P-O-O-P. He said, now that I look back, I realized that that big laundry list that I had, the offer to God on my sinful condition is nothing but dung that I may win Christ. And then he ends in verse number nine, or I will hear. He says, and be found in him. Listen to this, church. Not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And so I brought two jackets along. I did this before a bunch of Amish people a while back. I didn't know who they were. Found out later some of them were preachers. But nonetheless, for about 40 minutes, I preached in an old leather wooden shop, whatever it was, and everybody around the, the, the table, about 15 of them, listened. And I, what I wanted to communicate with them, actually I had printed out a whole list of, of verses that talked about the righteousness of God and then my own righteousness. The Bible talks about uh, my righteousness or God's righteousness. And so as I talked about one righteousness, I would put this on. I, I said, okay, uh, this is self-righteousness right here. I put it on. I said, suppose that, that one day I die and I stand before God and God says, why should I let you in? And I would pull my righteousness over me and I say, well, I tell you why you should let me in. I was Amish. We didn't even look like other people. We dressed in plain clothes and wore horses or drove horse and buggies. Our homes were plain. We didn't have electricity. And I went to church every other Sunday. You could count on it. I was there. And when the deacon came around and he asked for money, I put all the money in I thought I possibly could put in there. I got baptized. I was a member of the church. I raised my family in the Amish culture. And you can do this for yourself. That's why I'm here. Think of what that would sound like. Think. I mean, you might even throw in there that, yeah, they told me about Jesus. I knew all about him. He died for my sins and all that. That was part of it. That's some part of the package that I believed all of that. But that's why I'm here. You know what Paul called it? Dung. That's what it is. Dung. That's it. We have nothing to offer him. It was on July the 28th, 1985. It was on that day that I put on the righteousness of God. Let me tell you, that righteousness of God before God when I die will allow me to enter the gates of heaven and nothing else will. It is only his righteousness. This righteousness was very expensive, church. Very expensive. It cost God everything. I'll never forget. I often wondered about this when I was a young Christian. You know, we read this, we kind of forget about what it really all entailed. But Jesus is on the cross. It's roughly uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And then Jesus cried out with a loud voice. And he said, my God, my God, why have you for?" Why have you forsaken me? And I always wonder, what, what happened then? And it hit me one day. 
that the Son of God, for the first time in all eternity, became disconnected with the Father. I don't think, I don't think he sweat blood drops because of the pain he was going to go through. I think, I think those prayers in that garden, they were, Lord, if, if, if at all possible, I would love for this cup to pass because you and I have never been disconnected. But not my will, but your will. And that's how we should always pray. But he's now on the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It was at that moment, it was at that moment that Jesus Christ took all the sins that the world could ever commit. Murder, lying, stealing, hate, adultery, fornication, drunkenness, cheating. He took all of those sins. There's no sin that you can commit other than blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. And that is simply rejecting the call. He took all those sins that you and I commit, all those sins. It makes no difference where you come from. It makes no difference who you are today. He took it upon himself, and he placed it upon himself. And when Jesus Christ did that, God had to turn his back on the Son. And everyone else had forsook the Son, everybody. He stood there between heaven and earth on that cross. He hung there. And he paid for God's righteousness. And he says very clearly that you can get rid of the dung and put on his righteousness. It's a free gift. But as many as received him to them, give he the power to become the sons of God, children of God. Will you stand with me? Father, thank you for this time. The short time that we could talk about the new birth. Lord, you know every heart. You know how much we prayed yesterday, this morning. That if there was just one person in this place that didn't know you, today they would get saved. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, would you just simply in your seat, you don't have to raise your hand, would just say, Lord, if you've not been born again, if, you don't, if you're questioning it, Lord, he's right there. He's right beside you. He's waiting for you to talk to him. He wants to save you. He wants to give you his righteousness. Will you just ask for it? Lord, I'm a sinner. But I receive you. Forgive me. And give me everlasting life. Father, thank you. You're not done yet. You've not ended the world because there's more to be saved. I pray that as we continue, your will would be done. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.